You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, we've talked a while. These shows in November, we, we like to have them. So. Yeah, we, we love to have these shows in November because they're not guaranteed. Uh, we're gar- we usually can say we're going to get a good you know, 10, 12 episodes in for sure if we're able to do it weekly, which we were this year, which was great. But anything after that, you know, it's it's all up in the air. Right. And after, what, seven games last year? I know games don't correspond to the right number of episodes, but after seven games last year to get a lot of games this year was uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blessing in more ways than one, um, you know, with the pandemic still going on. And, and we saw many teams shut down because of it. Yeah. We're very thankful that that didn't impact Wilson directly in, in, in any capacity. There were no games missed, no opponents lost, uh, even though we saw that going on around us, around Burks and Lancaster Lebanon League. Thankfully, that didn't impact the Bulldogs at all, um, which was a, a great thing for this season after everything that went down in, in 2020 with the short season and, and the reduction in playoff field and all those things. But yes, we're very happy that the 2021 season was not impacted in any way by that for for our Wilson team. But um, sadly, this will be our last show of the seventh season tonight. Uh, Wilson, as I'm sure most of you watching know, fell in the District 3-6A championship game to Harrisburg 14-10 to yesterday afternoon at Severance Field. So uh, the 18th episode is our, is our last one for this season. But have no fear. Yes, season eight will be here. We will be back in a few months' time. Um, probably we usually like to do kind of a, a winter... Uh, winter uh recap of what's going on or a little winter preview winter update we call it and that usually is like the end of february where we'll just kind of go around and see what's happening we'll be able to probably verify and confirm what the 2022 schedule will be by then maybe we can talk about the uh, some of the 2021 awards that'll come out over the next month or so and, uh, you know, just look ahead to the season because I know by then the, the Super Bowl will be over and, you know, professional and college football will have wrapped up. And, you know, there's a huge following of Wilson football that people are interested even in the months, you know, of uh, February, March, and April before things really get going with spring ball in May. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm sure, um, you know, you'll, we'll, we, I say we, you will help get the word out <laughs> in <laughs> In a couple of months, and uh, we'll hit the ground running. Yeah, so, uh, but we're actually not alone here this evening. Uh, last year, Justin and I uh, conducted kind of a, an exit interview with Wilson Bulldogs head coach, Doug Doms, and uh, we messaged him this afternoon to see if he'd be willing to join us again to do so for the 2021 season, and he is here with us, um, you know, on the uh, the May Sandwich Shop hotline here on, for the show. So, uh, Coach Doms, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to uh, you and Justin for doing this. I think it's a, a great thing uh, for the Wilson community and uh, something that I think a lot of other places don't realize or benefit from. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And Justin and I, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love, and it's, I don't, we never uh, consider it uh, 
work. It's it's all fun and games. No, it's it's a lot of fun for us and uh yeah, like You mean those seven figure salaries you're taking down for this show, aren't <laughs> I mean, that's obviously a huge perk, you know. Uh we weren't ready to reveal that information, um, uh, but now that it's out there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we 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 love it. I mean, honestly, I think we also enjoy uh, alternating driving to the away games because uh, Justin and I just unfiltered talk Wilson football the entire drive. I said if uh, if yeah. there was a special tier and some kind of like subscriber level, man, that would be an interesting tier to join. That's for sure. Yeah, and coach, I'm gonna let you talk to Bill Mays over at Mays Sandwich Shop about uh, salaries for uh, for us here at the at the Bulldog Hour. I'll let you handle that one because uh, I want nothing to do with that conversation. Well, we'll just give you a ten percent raise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that in the contract for next year, yeah. season eight, ten percent raise across the board. Yep. All right, Coach. So, um, well, first off, congratulations on another successful season, nine and four. 5-0 and in the league, another section title, uh, just absolutely incredible, incredible season. And I know uh, many people have echoed the same sentiment. I know uh, you're, you're not on the social media uh, to see the comments and, and the congratulatory messages. Uh, hopefully Susie relates those to you. But uh, everyone um, just wanted to thank you and the staff for the job you did this season. Uh, it just, it just a great job. Once again, uh, just congratulations from Justin and I for uh, everything you were able to do, uh, with this team. Well, thank you. It was, a a challenging season, certainly in the beginning. Uh, we had, a. I mean, everybody seems to forget that we only had a half a season last year. So even the seniors aren't truly seasoned. Uh, so, you know, it was a little challenge in the beginning. Uh, we had to, uh, build some confidence in each other, had to find out, you know, what was going to work for us. And, uh, the kids had to build their confidence. And once we got to that point, uh, that was a bit of a struggle, but once we got to that point, their confidence just started to soar. And, uh, you saw that happening as we went through the five league games, uh, the last two very difficult ones, and then, uh, through playoffs, unfortunately, Falling to a very, very good Harrisburg team. Uh, but, you know, I can't fault the kids. Their effort was tremendous. And, uh, you know, when you're giving away 50 to 100 pounds a man up front and you're playing against a 240-pound tailback, they just basically, uh, fourth quarter, um, took over the trenches. And, unfortunately, we couldn't do much about it. Yeah, let, let's start there. Let's start with Harrisburg before we look back over at the season at large and all 13 games and the ins and outs of, of, of them. The, the Harrisburg presented, would you say, outside of the Mifflin game, the most challenging opponent you faced this year? Well, the thing that we knew was going to be a challenge is, number one, they had uh, extreme team speed. Um, you know, besides the fact that we're very big up front, 315, 285, 295 across the board, their, their defensive ends were incredibly fast. Their linebackers were fast. They're, I mean, just right across the board. So um, we knew they were going to present a challenge because if, you know, we, we thought, you know, I really thought that Williams was going to be the difference maker in the game, number four. Uh, but we ended up controlling him pretty well. And then uh, Hopkins ended up being the guy that hurt us. What was there any anticipation for um, for Hopkins being the guy? Now you just said you thought it would be Williams. Um, 
it, was it his speed that you thought would be the game changer, not Hopkins' bruising style? Yeah, I, I thought that was going to be the case because I thought that, you know, we would be able to handle him up front. But as I said, uh, we, we handled actually Hopkins early. We handled him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think, as I said, you know, once, once they figured out that they could just go shoot a shoe and take their, you know, 285, 295, 315-pound linemen and go against our 210, 215-, 220-pound defensive front, you know, we were throwing everything in the book at them, but, you know, they were just getting those four and five and six yards and, um, you know, give them credit, you know. Oh, absolutely. All the credit. I mean, they they were able to uh, overcome um, mistakes. I Honestly, uh, they ha- faced a bigger adversity caused by themselves um, with many penalties and turnovers. Um, unfortunately, uh, they overcame them for us, um, but... It was a very, I mean, very, very even game. You look at the stat sheets, first downs, 14 to 13, favor Wilson. Rushing yards, 144 to 163. Passing yards, very similar as well. It was a very well-played defensive game. Um, what what do, what do you think was the one difference maker in the ball game? If one play, one situation, one player, what, what was the one thing that sticks out to you? Uh, there's a couple, I think that, you know, we, we got the turnover there on the 35 yard line in the, in the fourth quarter and we weren't able to capitalize on it. You know, we went, you know, we went three and out. Um, that was huge. You know, if we would have just, uh, you know, gotten somewhere on that drive, it would have been the difference. Uh, then obviously we had that fourth and two and, uh, the kid made a great tackle on, on Jaden, uh, made us come up short on that one. And hey, right down to the last, you know, their punt to us. If um, that kid doesn't grab, you know, Cam's face mask, he might have taken it to the house because he had her whole sideline. Yeah, but, I, you know, I I was talking to Joe about that, and I was saying, I I because I was reading the stuff, and I you know, Cam thought he he had a shot, and I saw that you you had mentioned he thought he had a shot, and and honestly, so did I. But in my head, I've already kind of moved on and convinced myself that he wasn't going to make it. Not because I doubt Cam, because like we learned that's not what to do on special teams this year with Cam, but just to make it more bearable for me. Like I've talked myself into the fact that I'm like, oh, I was 90 yards away. But yeah, it, well, it, when it, I saw it, it, it made the first guy miss me. Yeah, came to our started to our sideline. I thought, oh, guy, he beats that guy. Yeah, there wasn't anybody else. No, you know, everything on our sideline was. Uh, white shirts and red pants. And at the very least, he probably would have got back to the, you know, 25, 30 yard line of their, of their side. Right. And, uh, now, you know, we've got, you know, 20 seconds left and now we got a legitimate shot. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I thought. I was like, even if he doesn't take it all the way, he's running it a long way. And yeah, it changes what, what's possible there at the end. Yeah. There, there are lots of what ifs, but, um, I, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. I think <laughs> the other play that, that sticks in my mind from a defensive standpoint is when they were down and I think it was third down and, you know, they had been pounding Hopkins up the middle and, you know, and, and we sent a, we sent our outside linebackers on a blitz and we just got done telling them that down here, you know, they, the, this is where uh, the quarterback likes to pull it and run it. And, Unfortunately, yep. you know, our linebacker took too tight a line. He pulled it and went right around. And, you know, if, if we'd have made that play, it would have been fourth and, you know, 
12 or 15 yards and, you know, who knows, we stop them, they don't score, you know, but, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's one of those games. I mean, we, we won several games like that this year. And unfortunately that one, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Especially these last few weeks, uh, things were, were coming up, uh, red and white often. It was, it was great to see a great, great ride, um, to go from two and three to nine and three and in the, the district championship game, um, which, I know many many people did, didn't see that coming. Uh, honestly, most people didn't see that coming, and you saw that throughout the uh, the media members in their writings in the you know the early weeks of the season, and even leading up to the playoffs, everyone w- w- was doubting uh, you and your team. But what when uh, when the final whistle blew yesterday, and, and you gathered your squad and your coaches, uh, what what did you say to them? What were your uh, final words in that last huddle with them? Well, I told him that unfortunately, you know, life isn't always fair and you don't always get what you want, but you know, we were, we as a staff were extremely proud that they could have very easily, you know, rolled over when we were two and three and things weren't going our way, but you know, they pulled together as a team. They, you know, uh, rallied behind each other, grew as a family, grew in character and, and, you know, and came back and, uh, had a really good season, a season that, you know, they'll remember for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Um, so congratulations. Um, we'll, we'll finish up uh, with the Harrisburg game. Congratulations to Coach Everett and the Cougars. Um, best of luck to them going forward. It was a great, great, uh, a great game between two great teams and that reflected uh, on the field and on the stat sheet and uh, everything here and there. And I know there's a lot of, uh, of ifs and buts and, you know, a lot of what ifs, but um, another, uh, another great uh, district championship game. Uh, that Harrisburg uh, came out on top. So let, let, let's go back a little bit and and move back to the point where this team was sitting at, at two and three after that loss at home to Mannheim Central, a game that I know I'm sure you you and the team felt was easily winnable. Um, instead of coming out of that above 500, you sat below 500, and it, you know we've heard all the stories that that hadn't happened for I think two decades or whatever. What were you saying at that moment after the loss to Mannheim Central? What was your message to the team as you entered section play? Well, basically, I said, we're not where we want to be. I said, but we got to heal physically and emotionally. We got to keep working to get better. I said that, you know, I took some of the blame. I, I said, there's... I'm I'm not going to be your one of your favorite people over the course of the next couple of weeks because there's not going to be a single thing that you do that I'm not going to be all over you if you are you know easing up or uh, making mistakes. I said I'm I'm going to be you're not going to like me. I said but we have you know we knew we had a tough preseason schedule. I said we have the whole league in front of us. I said everybody in the league zero and zero so you know we can still you know our 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 third goal is our first goal obviously was to beat central dolphin which we did second goal was to beat mifflin which we got a little bit embarrassed but mifflin's pretty awesome this year and our third goal i said was to win the league so right now we're zero and zero like everybody else i said we're getting healthier we're getting better now you just got to believe in yourselves I said, you got to work a little bit harder and believe. And for the next couple of weeks, I was nobody's friend at practice. Yeah, we got to talk to uh, your players a lot over the last uh, few weeks. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, seven weeks in a row, I think we talked to uh, players after the game, which which was fabulous. And they brought up a couple times when we'd ask, you know, what was preparation like this week? And they talked about how, how tough practice was, but none of them were upset about it because you're winning, and that's uh, that's all that matters. Go- going into the league play, you got to open at Penn Manor, and I know that was one that everyone was really, really anxious about because there were some that thought Penn Manor was uh, was trending upwards and was was having a good season. Well, I mean, they, they had beat Warwick recently. Um, enter, entering that game at, at Millersville, um, what was the main expectation from, from your squad? What did you want them to focus on as you open section play at Penn Manor? The, the big focus there was let's take every play, one play at a time, quit thinking ahead, and you know, focus on each play, you know, because we were making so many mistakes, you know, um, mental mistakes and unnecessary penalties. And I just said, listen, we're going to eliminate this stuff. We're going to start cutting back. I said, just take everything one play at a time and we'll get, we'll be fine. All right. And, you know, luckily I think, you know, I played into our, I mean, Penn Manor was trending upwards, but you know, uh, Jaden was coming back, which was big, uh, off of a very iffy suspension. Um, and, you know, he wanted to rock and roll. And I think that was a little bit of a boost for the team. And we had a little bit of a sit down with, with, you know, our quarterback because he was trying to do too much and told him quit, you know, you don't have to win the game. You have to play the game. And, uh, you know, the rest of the team, as I said, uh, just everybody have everybody's back. Don't, don't, don't think about everybody else. Do your job and take it one play at a time. When did you feel offensively that, that rushing identity, that hard nose mentality really came together? I mean, we saw some of it with the return of Jaden at Penn Manor, um, but it just seemed at some point when the biggest games came to the forefront, Hempfield Township in the playoffs, that's when you really had that one-two duo in the backfield going. Was that something that came up in discussions with coaches or the players, or is it just kind of organic as the games went on? Well, we, we talked a little bit about how, how uh, we, I, I'm not sure I didn't break it down, but I, I, you know, we had a ton of turnovers this year, but I would say probably 80% of them were in the first five games. So we, we talked about, you know, instead of throwing the ball downfield, let's start picking the, the higher percentage passes and, and you know, try to force them to stop the run and then take advantage when they do that and hit the higher percentage passes. And as we started to do that and our offensive line started to gel, I mean, you got to remember that, you know, we went through – uh, several different people up there trying to get them solidified as we started to gel up there. And, you know, Brad started running, you know, really well. And, and, and Jaden was pounding it, you know, it just kind of morphed into our offense. You know, I don't know that, you know, I mean, we had talked about, you know, shortening the pass game and, and running the ball a little bit more, but, you know, uh, it just kind of evolved. Yeah, it evolved in in a big way. And I, I want to say, just looking at statistics here, I'm I'm looking at the year to date. It looks like maybe the Cedar Crest game is where it really came together um, for you on the ground, featuring that that rushing attack. Um, 
what, what but we started, you know, they started ripping off big plays. And when Brad, a lot of that, you know, what people don't understand with the offense is, you know, like they say, well, why aren't you running Jaden more? Or why is Brad running so much or vice versa? They have to understand that, that the, the, the crux of our offense is the quarterback reading somebody on the, uh, on the, on the defensive team. So he has the option of giving the ball to Jaden or pulling it. And based on what he reads, and you know that's that's tough to do sometimes because you don't always get great blocks or or uh you know it's not always very definitive, so sometimes you know uh it looked like we were stuffed, but you know for the most part, Brad got pretty good at it, and you know as long as he made the hard, the right read and the offensive line was blocking well, um our offense started to click uh who was the most impressive team that you played this year? Oh, Governor Mifflin, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I have to kind of assume that's pretty much our our take as well. All right. And um, who was the most impressive individual player you faced this year? Uh, (laughs) That's a hard one because I think that obviously, you know, everybody says Nick Singleton, and Nick's a heck of a football player. Don't get me wrong, but I I think that. the 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 white kid from uh, York uh, Jaheim, was a heck of a yeah. tailback, playing change directions in a heartbeat, and I obviously Pribula from uh, Central York was, you know, everything they say he was. Um, so you know, probably those three would probably be up there. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about, about your squad. How about give us someone who you think had uh, a really great year this year. Um, that you weren't sure what you were going to get from entering this year, someone that flew under the radar, but came up in a big way for your team. I think, you know, you got to start there with John Ramsey because, you know, last year he played tight end and linebacker. And this year we moved him uh, to defensive end and to offensive guard, you know, which is a pretty big quantum shift. And what probably made it so significant is the fact that he broke his, you know, he broke his hand on his, on his right hand. Actually, it turned out it was an old break. All right. So they cast it and said, he, cause he'll have surgery on that soon. Uh, and then he broke some fingers in his left hand. So he's playing with a club on one hand and a half a club on the other and trying to play offensive line where you use your hands to block or trying to tackle that way, you know, and he, he ended up having a heck of a season for us. Yeah. Yeah. He really did. He really, uh, he really took over, especially as uh, the, that winning streak went going. He kind of became uh, the face of that offensive line, uh, and, and you, you're going to expect that from a, a senior leadership. And it seemed like he definitely stepped up in in a big, big way. Justin, you have anything from this season you wanted to ask, Coach? Um, no, I think I feel like we touched on a lot of the things. Yeah, so. I, I think. I mean. It was just one one heck of a job. I know you told us uh, last year, you know, when you guys were down, a bunch of players entering that section opener against Manheim Township, that it was going to take quite a a coaching effort to uh, to win that game. And you know, all you did was go to Nestville and and win that game. And that was one that everyone pointed to preseason this year about. You know, it's one of their biggest, most favorite moments entering this season. But um, the, the the job you and your staff were able to do this year was just spectacular. Um, able to uh, rally the troops uh, midway through and just tell them this: we're a good team. 
we've got a lot in front of us and went out and did it. So uh, absolutely a great, great job um, all around there. So um, how about real quickly before we let you go, let's just talk about a little bit about some of the guys that will be back um, in 2022. Um, who are some of the, the big returning guys that you're excited to see in 2022? Um, I, we've got a, a nice nucleus coming back. I think, you know, on the offensive line, uh, Jack Dendel, uh, at the one tackle, he was a sophomore for us this year. He's got to work on his flexibility and strength, but you know, he should have a pretty good year for us next year. Um, Brendan hop who ended up getting hurt and didn't play the last three games, but you know, he's got another year to get bigger, stronger, and better. So, you know, pretty solid there. I think that um, some of our linebacker core, you've got, you know, Ryan McMillan is a sophomore who uh, had a nice season for us. You got Landon Farrell, who's a linebacker, had a really nice season, really came on strong at the end of the year. Uh, Secondary wise, uh, obviously, Cam Jones on both sides of the ball and returning uh, is huge. Um, You got uh, Eddie. uh, case. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Case coming back. My dog just was biting my toe. <laughs> <laughs> you got Eddie Case coming back uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, we've got some, we got a lot of height at the wide receiver spot. So, you know, we need to find, uh, you know, we need to see who's going to step up a running back, who's going to step up a quarterback, and, and, and we need to replace some offensive and defensive linemen. But, you know, uh, as I said to the kids, you know, the, the underclassmen after the Harrisburg game, I said, Hey, just remember what this feels like. And don't wait till next year. I said, we start on, you know, on Monday in the weight room and let's start, you know, carry this with you. I said, I remember in 2007 when, uh, oh, here we go. There was a fumble at the end of the game that they said was not a fumble. Yes. Uh, Talk about a parallel. They had a fumble. I don't know if you saw the fumble from the end zone, <laughs> but that fumble on third down was a fumble, and we recovered at midfield that they didn't give us. Uh, you know, there's a parallel, I said. And then 2008, we came back, and those kids carried that with them. So, you know, carry this heartbreak with you and uh, use it for motivation. Yeah, and that's uh, that's exactly how you need those uh, younger guys to, to do it. I know um, there's a lot of uh, – uh, high hopes for the, the the group of tenth and eleventh graders that just finished their season with you, um, but yeah, I know that's uh, it's twenty twenty two is a long way way off. But I know you guys, your coaching staff, will already start preparations, and like you said, the players are already going to be in there for weight training and eventually uh, winter plyometrics and all that fun stuff uh, with an eye on the twenty twenty two season. So. Yeah, you miss those plyos, don't you, Joey? Oh yeah, co- well, completely. <laughs> plyometrics were the best best part of the year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't necessary evil <laughs> that's right that's right it's a, it's a, the best way to look at everything but the uh the end results are always so 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 worth it so hopefully all the players understand um put in the work now so that you're uh you're feeling great at the time of the close of your senior season and and i think everyone that walked off the field for the last time on Saturday should feel very proud of what they were able to accomplish, not just this year, but in the uh, years they were on the Wilson football team, uh, back-to-back section champions uh, and one heck of a ride uh, this year. So 
Uh, Coach, I think that's it for us. We thank you so much for joining us here to uh, wrap up 2021 and give us a little bit of a, a glimpse at 2022. And uh, I'm sure you uh, now have nothing to do. You just get to relax now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you just kick I'm up your legs, running. hang out with your dogs. So. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, good luck with uh, with the winter track and uh, and all the, the act- academic adventures. And uh, we'll catch up with you again uh, in the not too distant future to talk more Wilson football. That sounds good. Just I'd just like to reiterate one more time, you know how proud we are of our seniors. You know they became our leaders and uh, they grew a lot this season. And uh, hopefully the underclassmen learned from their mistakes as well as you know their successes. And they're hungry, and that's what it'll take. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Coach Thanks, Doms. Coach. Thank you. All right. So. Just a real quick, you know, 20, 25 minute discussion with Coach Doms. We appreciate him taking the time to join us. I know he was this afternoon, he was at the Lincoln Park banquet. Yeah. Um, he's a very, very busy guy and always in demand. So I was really thankful that he said that, yes, he would join us I for was, a little bit. I was going to tease him because I just feel like with football still going on, he probably still has to go in and close up his pool. And <laughs> I know there are many a story of him having to put his full like not, scuba, scuba gear, gear on, on yeah, so they can get in the pool and try not to get hypothermia and clean <laughs> out the leaves and everything. So I'll, I'll see him tomorrow and I'm going to ask him if he still has to clean out the pool. So, Oh boy. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah. So um, we're going to keep going here. We got a half an hour left, a few things to do, but before we um, talk a little bit more, uh, we do want to thank our sponsors again, uh, Bill Mays, my dad, and, and Mays Sandwich Shop for uh, everything that they have done for us this year and in all the years to get this show going. You know, we are wrapping up season seven, and we couldn't have done that without uh, my dad and Mays Sandwich Shop, as well as um, one of our newest sponsors, the latest one, who's now been with us for a while, most of the year, Mike Drago at MikeDragoSports.com. Uh, hopefully many of you got a subscription to his new site because uh, he yeah, featured Wilson outstanding job. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, what a great job uh, he's done in this first, you know, just what three months, three, four months of the site yeah, it deb- yeah. debuted in early August. Uh, and uh, he hit the ground running. We appreciate his support of us here at the Bulldog Hour. We had him on in August, a couple weeks after the site launched, and uh, we'll have to get him back. He probably would be a good one to have in those, um, you know, winter and spring preview times to talk. Yeah, absolutely, uh, because that gives us a little bit of time to uh, pick his brain and talk about the history of Wilson football with him. Um, so we, we appreciate what what he did for us here at the show and what he did for Berks County football and soccer. Uh, with his coverage by Jason Guarante uh, and his stringers, he was covering you know four or five games every Friday, Saturday, every weekend throughout Burke's football, um, and we appreciate his support of the Bulldog Hour as well. In addition to May Sandwich Shop and MikeDragoSports.com, we want to thank CNS Supply Company, Andy Her, Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors, all of which I talk with fairly regularly, and uh, they all have a. Uh, have wonderful uh, stories and opinions about Wilson football. I always like talking to uh, our supporters, even if they don't want any recognition on air. I do want to make sure that we thank them because yeah, we, we truly, appreciate truly appreciate the support. If you would like to support us, there are ways to do that outside of sponsorships, advertising, and the in-kind donations. Please make sure you visit 
bulldoghour.com. I am slowly making my way through the uh, season-by-season recaps. I most recently completed 1971, and I'm now working on 1964, which is notable just because that is the first season that Coach Gursky was running the sidelines uh, at the old Wilson Stadium. So um, that one hopefully will be done in the next couple of weeks. And last way to help us here at the Bulldog Hour is Justin's favorite. Yeah, like and share. Uh, you can spread the word. And um, if you see stuff you like, let others know about it. Unfortunately, no new live show thread to show you. No, no. Because no, sh- no. it'll be sometime in February will be next live show. We usually do it that like last Sunday in February. We just kind of oh, go over what's going to happen. Like you um, mentioned, have we had – a show every week since first week in August? Close to it. Close to it. All right. Uh, I know we did the live show from Cedar Crest, yeah. which was an adventure. That was an adventure. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I blame Cedar Crest completely for all of the, those mishaps. That was all. That's all on the Falcons. So, yeah. Lebanon, you're on my list. So, um, the county. <laughs> everyone everyone there anyone that's ever been there like fernsler like that he's they're all they're all all together it's all lumped together um no i i uh i i think we have i think we've had a, a live show every week since uh early august talking i mean we're show 18 yeah so i mean just I we only we, had two outside of that i guess we could count yeah, yeah we, and so it's 16 we've had right. 16 since whenever in august yeah. 16 straight shows because uh, we did do a winter and a spring update right and uh yeah so here we are but um so i do want to pull up this future schedules here now i made this last year so you can see on the left side if you're watching the show 2021 is listed on there and obviously we're, we're done with that one now 2022 is there in the middle I wanted we usually when we do the show after talking with Coach Doms or, or our or our recap of the season, we look ahead to 2022. And I can do that insofar as the schedule shown there is complete and guaranteed because that was set by the new LL Burks League. Mm-hmm. The merger happens for the 2022 season. That is the schedule. As you can see, we, we have three games missing the first three weeks. Then we start the league schedule in week four and five. Um, and then we have a bye, which will be another non-league game in, game in week six. That will be Mifflin in there. That will be a non-league game against Mifflin. So Mifflin is moving to week six. It will be September 30th next year. Uh, the, the schedule with the, the non-league opponents is not set yet. Right, and... And just real quick, I know people be like, well, if we have like September 2nd open, which would be Labor Day weekend, why wouldn't we schedule Mifflin then? Because good luck trying to find a non-league game to play on September 30th. Yeah, so the way the the new LL Burks League is set up, they're trying to encourage without requiring crossover games between sections. Yeah, the crossovers that they had required were... Produced some good games, but were, were not a hit. Not a hit league. with the teams themselves. Right. I, the teams didn't like being told who they were going to be scheduled for a, for a technically uh, non-league, non-league game. game yeah. Right. So Wilson played Manheim Central the last four years. That was assigned as a section crossover game, counted in the non-league schedule, but was required by the LL League. Right. So Wilson Manheim Central happened for the last four years. That's going away with the merger with the Burks League. And section one, where Wilson will be and and is, uh, is basically every team that we played this year plus Reading. Yeah. 
section two, I'm not going to go into. I mean, we can do this maybe in the winter show, go yeah, over would, the, the new sections. But Mifflin's in section two of the new Burks LL League. Section one and section two of the new Burks LL League share the same bye weeks. So it was just natural to take Which Mifflin, was on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which was on purpose. To take Mifflin and put them into that mid-season game. So right. that'll be super weird. I'll have to go back into the archives to see when's the last time Wilson didn't play Mifflin in week one, two, or 10 or 11. Yeah. Right, like, right. Because before playoffs, you could play up to 11 right, games. Right. So Mifflin was usually always the first or second game or the, the last game. So it's always going to be week one or two or 10 or 11. I'm sure at some point they were this weird mid game. I think it might have even been like 96 or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to look. But Mifflin will be in the smack dab in the middle, which is, is just weird. But um, that's happening. I, we're, I'm still trying to get information on home and aways. There's some – some stuff is happening. We got to figure out who those first three games are going to be. I believe Central Dolphin will be back on the schedule. Don't know that they'll be the first game. There's talk about doing uh, a match with Martin Luther King again. We, we've already talked about it on this show. Um, but there's still at least one open date at a minimum. And again, that's something we can probably bring up on our uh, Season 8 debut in, in February or early March whenever we get around to it. But I just wanted to make it aware some of the games are set in stone. We will play at Reading on September 16th. We will host Cedar Crest September 23rd. We will go, or excuse me, we will host Hempfield on October 7th. We'll go to Penn Manor on October 14th. Sugar so yes, Bowl. Return trip to Millersville. Justin missed the Sugar Bowl this year. We're getting I it did. again. I can't believe it. We're hosting McCaskey again, which we got to host them this year. So that's the weirdness. And we have to go to Penn Manor two years in a row. We're hosting McCaskey two years in a row. And we'll finish at Manheim Township October 28th Yeah, but next I didn't year. get to go to Penn Manor this year, so I don't mind. That. No, well, I, I mean, I mind I was, not going, but. I don't like that drive, especially because no, like, the traffic is awful. In, in my opinion, in my opinion, I feel like that's the worst drive of, of the games we've played. Now, <laughs> I say that. Well, you mentioned the possibility of MLK being on there. That would be the worst drive. Yeah, but we might be driving. Uh, in the, we might get on the buses for that. But one, like, I, but of of the, I I don't like that that drive. Well, and that drive isn't terrible. It's a bad drive on a Friday afternoon or evening. That's when that's a bad drive. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like so, I, that might be. Uh, let's just go on the bus. Well, is, I mean, I mean the the Millers to Millersville for Penn Manor. Uh, like, let's just go on the bus for that one. Too. Right. Well, then how are we going to the Sugar Bowl before and after the game? We'll, we'll take our own. We'll, we'll drive out. the equipment truck. We've done that before. <laughs> Literally have done that before, yes. So, um, so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have the 2022 schedule for you in February when, when we uh, when we come back for the Season 8 debut, and we should know all the non-league schedule, have that all set in stone. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk Burke's LL merger. We'll go over the sections. We'll talk about the Wilson schedule. We'll highlight even more of the returning players, talk about – uh, the two B seniors, you know, the uh, 2022 uh, big names, names to know, and maybe expectations at some of the positions. Like Coach Tom said, it's huge shoes to fill at quarterback and running back once again. Yeah. So hopefully that will play itself out a little bit. Things will change as the winter and spring progress, and we'll have more information for you about that then. Uh, the other thing that we'll get to talk about come that season eight debut in a few months will be the PIAA classifications will have changed. Well, and yes, at the risk of sounding like I'm looking to dodge them, 
Maybe Harrisburg will drop to five A. <laughs> well, I mean, it just—it's one of those things. It no, goes in I know, cycles. I know, and, and I'm just saying—I say that tongue in cheek a little bit, but they are one of the smaller six A schools. In, well, I mean, in they were—they were five were A in. Uh, that's what, and that's 16, what I mean. In, in that they have been five A fairly recently. Not, yeah, the, not first, in the most recent cycle. The first two year cycle of the new right. six classifications, Harrisburg right. was five A. That was the Micah Parsons right. year. Yeah. Um but it's just tough right now because we're we're upset because Harrisburg has now ended our season directly or indirectly right. four years in a row. Right. And that and that's where I was going with that. I've had enough of that. That's okay. But you gotta be careful what you wish for because Yeah, no, I know. I, it's it's all well, I but, wouldn't I wouldn't want to I would not have wanted to have to face Mifflin again in the playoffs again this year if they, you know, because they missed it by what one being one, in literally one so, person, yeah. Like, no, you know, you're right. Yeah, it's, I, careful what I wish for, but it, yeah, it was a direct statement on Harrisburg's not finished our season essentially four years yeah, in a row. Like and, you said, directly or indirectly, four right, years in I've, a row. I've had enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're always good games. Like that's the thing. Um, right, even well, even 2018, right? We spotted them a bunch of points, but right. then played them pretty even the rest of right. the way. Um, they're right. just good. They just and have really good players. I, I told you this, and I know we we've talked about it a little bit, but I didn't realize how much of their success, like oh, almost in total, has been under Coach Everett. Yeah. I that I don't mean that to sound like I'm taking credit away from Coach Everett because obviously he's done uh, great things with the program and has really has them rolling. But I didn't realize how much limited success, I guess, would be a better way to say it before Coach Everett. That that's what I meant. Like, mm-hmm. um, but man, he he has got that going and he he's got a lot of buy-in from the guys. And we mentioned this last week. Freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. I believe both of the running backs were juniors. Williams and Hopkins. And the one the one D end that got a lot of press in oh. the mid pen stuff this week, I think is also a junior. Yes. And yes. so and, and I know there are a bunch of other guys, uh, young guys on Is the team, Reynolds? too. I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was drawing a blank. I'm like, oh, what but, was his name? But yet, like... Yeah, they have a, they have a right. bunch so of quality, quality players. I mean, they're not right. even done yet. They get to play State College this week. Who they've beaten already. Right. I mean, that was a close game for them, 15-13. It was. It was. And, like, to go back... Their only loss is to Mifflin. Right. When they played without their quarterback. Yes. And they found out they were playing they on had Wednesday like a day night to prep, right? You know, so that's not. I'm not and saying they, the outcome of the the final results different. I still think Mifflin beats them, right? right. But like, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's a tough game for anyone, let alone you're down your quarterback and all that stuff. It's just, yeah, the, the present is bright at Harrisburg right now. The future is also bright at Harrisburg, and uh, so. If they dropped a five, then I'd be okay with that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we um, last week we we you know we previewed the game against Harrisburg, but we didn't get to do it completely. We only really talked about the offensive side, and we got a, a message from from uh, a Harrisburg listener who tuned into the yes, show. Yes. Um, and I would love to uh, love when people reach out to us. And um, he was talking up the, their defense, and I did say I was like, yeah, we 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 didn't mean to sell them short. We just didn't get to talk about it. Right. Well, we went. An hour and a half last week. <laughs> right, right. Well, we were super. Uh, we were on a super high after beating Central right, York, right. and you know, uh, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, so we we always appreciate the uh, um, the correspondence, and you know, thank you uh, for contributing 
statistics and opening a conversation with us. And like like uh, we have been saying all week long, we thought it was going to be a good game, close game, and and it was at fourteen to ten. Right, came down to the I wire. Said, I I said to my dad on the ride home, I'm like, man, if you told me Wilson would win the penalty and turnover battle, I would have told you we were in it. And then I immediately was like, well, we were like, you know, so like, um, yeah, that's, that's how that goes. So, Hey, um, had a shot and, and lost to a great team. Like that's that Harrisburg team's a, a great team. And like you said, they're not done yet. So, yeah, for sure. So, um, while we're talking about Harrisburg again, just let's go over a few more statistics and give our player of the game before we wrap things up. Uh, defensively, you heard uh, Coach Doms mentioned his name, but junior linebacker Landon Farrell led the team with nine total tackles against the Cougars. He had six solo, six assists, one for a loss, and one sack. Uh, up next was one of uh, Wilson's big-time senior players, Gavin Leonard, chipped all, in. All, all over the place. Those two yeah. were all over the place on, on Saturday. Eight and a half tackles, seven solo, three assists for him. Cam Jones... Uh, showing up in a big way as well. Five total tackles, one for loss. And then uh, TJ Flight, three tackles for him uh, from his linebacker spot and another guy that Wilson is going to miss next year and, and needs to replace. Uh, Wilson's other um, sack was a team effort. Um, it's not given to a specific player, but the interception off the deflection was by Ryan McMillan, who you met heard Coach Doms talk about big things coming in 2022 as he will only be a junior next season yeah. uh, after contributing a ton this year. But again, Eddie Case will be back. Nate Capitano is back. Um Nick Weitzel returns. Uh Cam Jones. And yeah, and Cam Jones, who we already mentioned, will be back. And Logan Kurzweg um got in a defensive package this week. And I think we should expect big things from him. He's also only a, was a sophomore this year, will be a junior next year. And I think we could see possibly see him as a at least two-way contributor, possible two-way starter along the offensive and defensive lines. So um, we're not going to dive too much into 2022 preview. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with Coach Don, but we will definitely have that ready to roll when we do a Season 8 premiere in February. Offensively speaking, it was a little bit more quiet than Wilson had gotten adjusted to over the last, you know, month plus. But Jaden did get a hundred yards on the nose, according to this stat sheet here. He had 21 for 100 and that 16 yard touchdown. That was also his longest run of the day. Brad, 19 carries, 42 net yards for him. Receiving TJ Flight was the main guy, three catches, 43 yards. And yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Cam Jones in the return game, thought he'd have an opportunity to take one near the end of the game that would have uh, given Wilson the lead late, but uh, a penalty face mask tossed to the ground ended that threat. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was uh, the way that Makai, Hopkins was able to run in the second half was yeah, the story oh, of the game because absolutely. you know you heard Coach Tom say that he wasn't doing anything in the first half. No, he was, and they shut if, him if down. If you got to him, if you got to him before he got to the line, he was he was going to push you back to the line and everything. But in the second half, they got him running like you know figuratively north south, right? Like he was running north south, and he was running angry and he there was a one run where he's going he's literally throwing guys off of him you know like 
he he was running hard and uh if he got through the line look out because you know he's now twice the size of some of the guys who are mm-hmm. trying to bring him down and yeah he was he was a powerful runner well and, and i mean we knew he was capable of that. We talked last week, I guess, Hemfield, he had an 88-yard touchdown run. Yeah. And, like, in my head, like, as he was running one of his big runs on Saturday, I'm just, uh, yeah, I could see that. You know, like, well, he, you know, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, makes sense. He um, had the, I believe, the biggest play by either team with that 40-yard rush. Yes. That yeah. set up the one touchdown for Harrisburg. Yep, yep. So, so he, um, yeah, he was, he, when they found that and they were able to go to that and it, it, it was tough, you know. Um, like like Coach Tom said, they tried to throw whatever they could at him. But between that and they were, their line really stepped up and started making better plays. And and so we weren't able to start making contact a yard deep. We're getting contacted maybe a yard or two back. Well, that's the difference because now you got big strong kid running at you, and you're making first contact to you know a yard or two back. Well, now he's getting four, five, six, you know, it's just, it, it gets real tough, you yeah. know? And, and then, you know, you maybe stop him on one, but then he gets seven or eight on the next one. So now it's third and two again, you know, and instead of third and eight, third and nine, where, all right, maybe we've got him, but you get into a, a third and short situation. Now you got to stop him two in a row. That's pretty tough. And then coach Thomas mentioned it. You, you sell out to stop it. And they even told the guys, watch, and the quarterback pull it. Yep. pulled it perfect. I mean, perfectly did it. And, but that was that. I mean, it so. was it was it was a great defensive game plan. Again, I mean, it held them to no points in the first half. Right, it was three nothing at halftime. Right, they had perplexed the freshman quarterback, which is what you need to do when there's a right. freshman under center. He was not throwing good balls. He was Wilson was able to get pressure run. with four ish guys. Yes, and uh, they kept kept which Williams is what, in check. Right, but. Hopkins became an issue in the second half. Right. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, we, with with the exception of our touchdown drive, where we were really able to get Jaden going, with the exception of that, we weren't able to really get put things together. You know, and it was there. You know, like we, we'd get plays, but it was just stringing them together. And again, credit Harrisburg. Like yeah. They, they were making plays. They, 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 their speed was an issue. It was, it was tough right. to open speed up. Was the holes. Issue, just the size was mm-hmm. an issue. Like the holes were tough and yeah, it gets tough. And, um, you know, that's, they played really well. Well, I said to you, it wasn't like we played terrible. No. Like we, we played fine, but, we said going into the game, and I know this is maybe a little people, people might a little bit be like, well, we beat the one seed the week before. Yeah, but Harrisburg's better than Central York. And, yeah. and we knew going into Central York, we were going to have to play the best game we've played all year if we wanted to win the game. And yep. I feel like we did. And both of us agreed for the game on Saturday. We wanted to win better. that. We were going to have to play better. Yep. And I don't know that we played better than we did at Central York. I don't know that we played great distances like less but i no, I, I wouldn't I, say we played better than we did against central york it's hard to tell because we played if, a better team but if if harrisburg and central york or central york would have played in the district championship i i i, I believe harrisburg would have won that game i agree and i think they would have won it by more than four points i think they went by more than four points i think it's a high scoring game 
Right? I think it's a little bit different. I don't think – I don't know that Central York, should, like, stops Harrisburg. Right. Like, they, we showed that they couldn't stop the run, you know. And I think if our guys – Coach Thomas was talking about it. And it, it, it's a different challenge. But if our guys presented problems for Central York up front on both sides – uh, Harrisburg's definitely going to present problems right. for them up front on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, defensively, yeah. Makai Hopkins, you know, he did all that damage on on offense against Wilson. On defense, he had eight and a half tackles. Uh, Anthony Day, number three, where he made a, yep. a living, uh, a six and a half. Uh, Kymir Williams had two tackles for losses, four and a half total tackles. He was number 13. Um, Hand Black, number 55, four and a half tackles. Ryan Epps, number 12, four and a half tackles. Micah Chambers, four tackles, Twenty number 21. They were all flying all over the place. Their defense is exactly um, what, won them, what won them the game. You know, they were yeah. able to do enough on, on offense to get the points needed, but their defense uh, held Wilson in check. Um, and every time Wilson seemed to get a little momentum, we would pick up a nice play or get a first down. Harrisburg would blow something up the next time and yeah. just couldn't, couldn't keep it going. Yeah. So, yep. Kudos to the Cougars uh, and best of luck moving forward. So just to put a bow here on the Wilson season overall, you know, nine and four, very good. It just, you know, a little bit short of getting to that 10 win season uh, and 10 win would have been that, that district crown, but to make it to that game again, you don't like to harp on it, but the resiliency of the team Right, sitting at two and three to rattle off seven straight wins and essentially be playoff games, whether that was true or not at the time. Technically, it was. Yeah, because we talked about it after we beat Manheim Township. We lose that game, we don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, we won seven. What turned out to be seven must-win games in a row. That's on. Un- that's unbelievable. I think you know they throw that stat out there all the time in uh, in like professional sports, like how many consecutive like elimination games teams have won or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you didn't know it at the time, but Wilson won seven <laughs> elimination games in a row yep. because they lose any of them. They were, they were done. The, the season would have ended. Yeah. Yep. And um, you know, I, I, we, we talked about it. We alluded to it at least after the loss to Exeter. I definitely uh, think so. Now I, I wish those teams could have played at the end of the year. I wish Wilson yeah. Exeter happened at the yeah. end of the year. Well, so uh, just real quick, not because I think guaranteeing a win. No, I no, just no. think it would have been Wilson a much was playing game. different, right? Yeah, much much different team, right? So, uh, oh, and we beat Manheim Central, right? So, so you look at it. Manheim Central was one of our losses. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, lost lost to Exeter, bad, and we we called in the that playoffs. One. Yeah. Um, uh, Governor Mifflin was one of our losses. Hasn't lost yet and plays Exeter this week. And um, Harrisburg, you know, so you look at you look at those teams that we lost to Governor Mifflin, Exeter, Harrisburg and Manheim Central. Manheim Central lost to Exeter. All still alive or were beaten by a team right. that is Exeter still alive. Exeter or Mifflin will lose this week right. to one of the other teams. Right. And Harrisburg still going like the teams right. we've lost to. Were pretty darn good this year. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those things that I, even I, even Manheim Central, who I of those groups I, of that group, I think is clearly the fourth of of those of those teams. Played really well, like what two losses all season? Yeah, they right? lost to Warwick and then Exeter in the playoffs. So, right. Yeah, they were uh, like ten and two or something like that. Um, and I maintain, I still think we were better. I, I think we and if I we know. played them at the end, we would have beaten them. Uh, that it, it just boggles my mind. Oh, I don't even want to get into uh, yeah, it. Yeah, that gets you all uh, fired up. Yeah, that one gets me all fired up. But 
I, that is one thing I wanted to ask Coach Doms, and I regret not asking him, but maybe it's better because we don't know the 2022 schedule yet. And when we do, maybe we can have him back on or we record something and play it. Does he want to keep stacking that front schedule, those non-league right. games? Because that's been a topic for years, for years. It's it's one of those, yeah, we want to be battle-tested, but we also want to be healthy. Also, we need to know what teams are going to play us because that's one of the other issues is right, teams not don't want simple, to play. It's not as simple Wilson. as that. Right. Like, we've gone through it. Thanks, but no thanks is the, is the answer more often than not. Right. So... That's why Central Dolphin, 99% sure they're going to be back on the schedule. Because I, I would imagine Central Dolphin has a similar issue. Right. You know, like teams, they they would probably get a lot of thanks, but no thanks as well. There's only two spots left if you count Mifflin and Central Dolphin as definite six section games with the addition of Reading. Add Mifflin, add Central Dolphin, two to go. Rumors are that Martin Luther King will be back on the schedule. Not guaranteed yet. And I know that game wasn't very competitive this year, but just a few years ago, they won that 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 right. Philly and, Philly uh, publicly. And you, we talked about how the way they align their their yeah. sections it's or like divisions European or whatever soccer. you want to call. Like, yeah, they base it off of previous performance. So, like, you you really things can change a lot from one year to the next in those schools. Yeah, uh, they'll be to they begin with, let down. alone based on yeah. schedule and everything. There's so. like four different levels in the Philly public league. And if you win a level, you go to the next level. If you win that level, you go to the, well, Martin Luther King was up at the highest level of the Philly public league. Now I I'm assuming they'll drop down because I think they were winless this year. So I think they'll drop down a classification, uh, I don't know the ins and outs of the Philly Public League. Right. That's just what I, I had well, seen. Well, and yeah, what does the COVID year throw into effect <laughs> yeah, right. there? Because they didn't and even play, right. really. Is it a two-year year thing? Is right. it just every year do they change? I don't know. But um, but yeah, Martin Luther King w- was down this year, but they have they can be up real quick. Yeah. So I don't know what we'll get out of Martin Luther King if they are on the schedule for the next two-year cycle, but that's a possibility. You still have that other one out there there. Who do you get? You know it has to be a 5 or a 6A team. Because of the power ratings, you don't want to dip down into the 4A. And would any 4A team be willing to play? So there's got to be a rec- reciprocity there, and I don't know where we're going to get it. I'm always looking. I already talked to to uh, Drew Kaufman that uh, State College is, is open for a, a week one game. I think it was... Was it we Gettysburg? Throw, I was gonna say we'll throw we'll throw State College in there with the uh, yeah we'd be front loading the non league schedule again. right that's what I mean like yeah uh, yeah so it, yeah it's 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 crazy to to think about um about the future schedules but that when that is finalized it'd be interesting to say you know was this we we're gonna take whoever will play us, or did you say no to some people because you don't think they're good enough, or because they're too good? Like, what goes into creating that schedule, and do you want to keep having those juggernauts in the first five weeks? Just look at the way that this year went. This team could have easily been nine and one against other. Like, do you want to play these teams just to build up your record, or do you want to play these teams to get better? Like, that's what it comes down to. But then you look at it, and I know, again, it was thrown off a little bit because of COVID and some lost games, but we needed the strength of Mifflin and Exeter and Manheim Central, Manheim Central to help us. And Central Dolphin. Like, that right. was a tough game. We, we won, so it, like right. people don't think about it because we right. won that to start the year. But, like, but that, that really helped us. In the long run. In the long run, yeah. But then you talk about, like Coach Dobbs mentioned, like, 
starting the section play was getting healthy. Well, his well, first five weeks he, beat right. the well, team up. Well, we talked up. about, what was it, at, at one point in the Exeter game, we were down eight starters. Right, yeah, including playing two right, ways. Including your starting quarterback yeah, and you, starting running no back. No Goose Leonard, no Josh Drake, no Brad yeah. Hoffman. So at the time, down our top two running backs yeah. well, and no, our quarterback. And Jack Dendel dressed that game but didn't right. play until much later. Right, right. Uh, Alex Again, was not out. saying that it's – that the result ends up different, like in terms of the ultimate win loss, but like the game plays out different. Right. Um, but yeah, like that's, and that was the result of playing Mifflin and Exeter back to back. Yep. Like, so. All right. So the last thing was, I just wanted to point out some, some milestones, you know, we, we talked last week about how uh, Jaden Jones and Brad Hoffman were the first duo to rush for a thousand yards in the same season. Brad was the first quarterback at Wilson to rush for a thousand yards in a season, and they both were on the uh, the season rushing list, the, the single season rushing um, in the program history. Um, so Jaden finished with one thousand three hundred and sixty four rushing yards this year, which puts him at thirteenth on the Wilson one season rushing record. So congratulations to Jaden for getting to that mark. And Brad Hoffman finished the year with 1,080 rushing yards. And that puts him at 21st on the one season rushing list at Wilson. Um, So congratulations to those guys for uh, working their way up the list, especially with most of that coming in the final seven weeks of the year. Uh, I would have loved to have seen what Jaden would have, could do on a full full year with those two other games thrown in there. You know, you're talking about probably maybe another hundred yards or more per game that he could have worked his way up into the quite possibly the top ten yeah. uh, with, with that uh, w- with those extra two games. But uh, great great year from that duo and uh, what the offensive line was able to do when they got that rushing identity and. They came up a little short as a team of setting the record. Uh, I think for the season, they ended up rushing for 3,176 yards over those 13 games. The record was 3,308. So they were, what, 132 yards short of tying that record. I knew they would have needed a huge performance against Harrisburg. If they rushed for over 300 yards against Harrisburg, you got to think they were going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, but they they did not get there, uh, unfortunately. But really, really great great year uh, all around. So um, it'll be interesting to see when the stats book comes out, um, where a bunch of these guys land because a few of them on defense will probably be able to get into the Century Club because of tackles. Uh, there might be some people joining because of touchdowns. So it's a uh, another another great year for the Wilson football team. Yep. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us here at the Bulldog Hour for our season seven and the 2021 Wilson football season. Uh, so I'm getting uh, messages here at the last second. I don't know who this is from, um, but they want to know about playing Exeter next year's non league. I don't know if that's on the table or not. It's something I'll have to talk to uh, Coach Doms or, or or Athletic Director Drew Kaufman about if that's been floated. Uh, I know there is one open, at least one open spot on the schedule at the moment. We will see. I'm sure the Wilson players would look at it as some form of a revenge game. Uh, hopefully that one would be at Gursky. We got robbed of Exeter Wilson at Gursky because of the COVID year that was supposed to happen in 2020. Didn't get that. Um, 
So we'll see. Um, and the person also says, great show. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that. We like that. Um, unfortunately, it's the last show, and uh, that always disappoints me. I hate uh, when the Wilson football season ends, and I really enjoy doing this show. Um, if you liked it, listen to Justin and I talk about sports. We talk about college and professional football. On the other show we do on Sunday evenings, in the same time slot as the Bulldog Hour, that is our original podcast, the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show which is all about, uh, mostly about um, NFL football, but we'll talk a few other things uh, in the offseason. You know, we'll talk college college sports. We talk, uh, we, sometimes we talk wrestling, college wrestling. We do, we do. Uh, we, we, we dabble in the NBA, the NHL, and baseball uh, when that comes around. But football is our uh, number one passion. So that's usually what we end up talking about even in the offseason, uh, free agency, draft. Uh, we start our previews in like May, so, okay. you know. This is because something else takes over That's once right. August rolls around, and that would be this show. But All right. Well, thank you again to all of our sponsors. Thank you to everyone out there in the, the Bulldog community. We appreciate your support. We love that people have tuned in. Um, this is probably our, our best year ever, and we hopefully – we ho- will hopefully get even bigger and better next year. And like I said multiple times, we'll be back for season eight in February to talk about Wilson football. But I think uh, that does it for us this time. Justin, you have anything to say before we go? No, it's just, um, you know, uh, Coach Tom's kind of said it too. The, the way the the seniors and the players uh, rallied and when when they could have packed it in, they, they did not. And they really played really well down the stretch and nothing to hang their heads about. Um, they should be really proud of, of what they showed and the resiliency they showed. Um, I know they talk a lot about how, you know, you, you learn a lot of, learn a lot of life lessons uh, going through the Wilson football program. And so there are lots of life lessons this year, you know, um, yeah, for sure. You know, people, people were doubting, could have when it got hard, you could have you could have quit. When he got hurt, you could have quit. You could have not literally quit, but you know, just kind of packed it in. And they they did the opposite, and they they rallied and they fought with everything they had, and marked off a lot of success and wrote a great story along the way. Yeah, you you said it. Battled through adversity, and that that was the biggest thing all year. The the resiliency, the the never give up, the the attitude that this team developed, which was just outstanding. I mean, real gritty work from them. I mean, it's tough to run the ball. That's that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, physically, it takes especially, a toll on your body, especially when the other team knows you're going to run it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. When they got to, I feel like it really kicked in at Hemfield. It really when they drove to win the game at Hemfield without throwing a pass. Right. A three from mi- then on out. 3 minute drive. From like, then on out it just felt left, like right? I mean, I know we talked about it with Coach Doms at well, Cedar and, Crest. And Township was, was it, a little crazy because it was pouring. It was awful. They have 330 plus yards in that game. Right. On the ground. But we're going to run it and you can't stop us. Yeah. Hey, what a great attitude to have. Hopefully yeah. uh, next year's team can live up to that mantle because there's a lot of big shoes to fill. But that's for uh, that's for future Joey and Justin to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Current Joey and Justin is done with Season 7. But one last time, congratulations to the players. Good luck to the seniors that have played their final down with the Wilson football team. And uh, great, great job by Coach Doms, Jeremy Palm, Ernie Wolber and all of the coaches um, 
at times it's a thankless job and you don't always hear the positives. And I know a lot like to focus on the negatives because you just want to keep getting better. Um, but no, the vast majority uh, are overwhelmingly positive and appreciate everything that the staff puts in during and outside of the season. We appreciate all of them taking the time to not produce winners on the field, but winners off the field as well. Absolutely. All right. So for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. This was the seventh season of the Bulldog Hour. We'll see you again in about three months for our first look at the 2022 season. But until then, remember, go Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.